Hello, and welcome to The Woods, a podcast about the mysterious, the legendary, and the plain weird, because you never know what you're going to find in The Woods. I'm Shazney. And I'm Sandy. See, I don't even know what episode this is. 13? Is it? I think so. Oh. Oh, welcome to 2019. Oh, yeah. We're in the new year. Yeah. How's your new year been? (laughs) I mean, it's like, what, the third day? Yeah, it's been three days. Um, so far I have done pretty enough, pretty much nothing. Um, and I feel like that will be a good representation of this year because I feel like nothing is happening this year for me. I'm really hoping this is the year that things happen for me. (laughs) I mean, I'm hopeful, but doubtful. 2018 did kick me in the ass. So 2019, please. 2018 was, it was it was a decent year for me. That's good. Like, I graduated and stuff, but now, now, like, all, but school's over, I feel like, like, just nothing's happening, because I don't do uh, anything I feel anymore. That. Well, you have this podcast. Yes, the podcast. That will probably be the most eventful part of my 2019. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, how's your week been? Good. Like, I'm so tired right now. I feel like my week, that was, like, ages ago. But also, okay, so I have this really weird schedule now at school. Uh I technically have a four-day weekend because I don't have school Friday. Obviously, I don't have school Saturday and Sunday. And I don't have school Monday. So. Weird. Yeah. And then the rest, I have, like, two classes Tuesday and then one class Wednesday and one class Thursday. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully I'm done in April and graduate in June. Oh, please. You'll do fine. Thank you. I see that you took down your Christmas tree. I did. I didn't want to. I was going to wait till after New Year's. Like, I took it down, I think, on the 27th uh, or the 26th because, so this house that I'm living in, it's for sale, as mm-hmm. you know. So there was a showing and we took it down because... The realtors like it when the, the space looks more open. Uh, and I, I get it, but I'm also like, it's not New Year's yet. I can't take my Christmas tree down, but I took it down anyway. Mm-hmm. But I'll see you next year, Christmas tree. Yeah. So, um, did you want to <laughs> let the listeners know um, why we're doing this episode? <laughs> Okay, I'm like still really nervous about it, and it feels weird to say, but I'm getting married. Yeah, Sandy's getting married, and it's not to me. Ugh, I know he ruined our plans. Right? He sabotaged it. Now how, how, how am I supposed to be the first lady? Mm. Ian's gonna be the first lady. No, but you said you'd be my Marilyn Monroe. I will be your Marilyn Monroe. And that's all matters. Yeah. So, yeah, I I got engaged in Christmas. That was, if you listened to, was it last week's episode? I said I had an eventful Christmas. That was the reason. That was the reason, and I couldn't get into it because I didn't... We didn't tell anyone. Yeah, it, like, <laughs> I, after it happened, I told Ian, do you mind if I call Shazne right now? <laughs> so she's the only one I told. Uh, none of my friends knew. Like, besides her, my dad didn't know, and I didn't want to announce it until my dad got back from Mexico, but turns out I'm not that patient, so I just called him <laughs> and I told him, so. Yeah, so the cat's out of the bag now. Might yeah. as well tell the entire internet. 
or the handful of people that listen to yeah. us. So if you want to email us uh, to congratulate me, please do. Yeah. Huh. Well, yeah, congratulations, Addy. I'm so excited. Thanks. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. So I guess your 2019 is going to be that uneventful. You'll have to help me plan for my wedding. Yeah. Probably a good thing that I don't have anything going on because you're so going to So you picked me. a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna need you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So we decided to talk about uh marriage for this episode. Yeah. It was. Was it after I told you? I feel like it was right after, like a day after you. Like I have an idea. Oh yeah, totally. It was. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Sandy, do you want to start us off? You bet I do. I'm actually really excited. I did this research in the like the public library, and I was like really nervous. <laughs> so we'll check my search history. <laughs> yeah, I'm like God. I hope I don't get banned from using a lot uh, the computers here. Anyways, <clears throat> Rosalie Martinez was a public defender and mitigation specialist. She was married to an attorney, and together they had four daughters. So on the outside, it really seemed like. A normal mar- marriage, nothing really special. Two lawyers were married, they had kids, mm-hmm. and then they die, I guess. <laughs> um, but then, in 1995, Rosalie met death row inmate Oscar Ray uh, Boleyn and left her husband for him. Rosalie and Oscar got married in that same year over the phone. What? I know. <laughs> So Oscar was a truck driver before getting convicted ten times for raping and killing three women. Oh my god. Yeah. In each case, rulings were overturned due to errors, and that week that Rosalie and Oscar got married, he was back in court for a retrial. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was convicted again and received a life sentence on top of two death sentences. Like, were they hopeful that he was going to get out or something, that she was like, let's get married, or... I don't know. Mm. Um, however, she explains... That she truly does not believe that Oscar was a killer, and also said that he left her breathless when they first met. She could ap- apparently sense his loneliness and isolation. She told a reporter, It affected me because I felt the same way. So she married him and decided to raise awareness for what she thought was injustice. So I guess she, she thought he was innocent. Oh my god. Like, you're a fucking, like, what what did I say? A public defender? Like, shouldn't you know? But whatever. Oh my god. Okay. So according to an article that I read on Psychology Today, which is where I got all this information from, um, called Women Who Love Serial Killers by Dr. Catherine uh, Ramsland, um, many serial killers have attracted mates and partners, especially those who have high-profile media. Like Ted Bundy, for example, who got a girlfriend named Carol Ann Boone. They dated while he went through his legal proceedings in Florida, and she took every opportunity to describe how unfairly he was being treated. She kept this stance even after Ted Bundy was convicted for three murders. After his conviction, she married him in the courtroom. So, like, he had his conviction, and then she just fucking married him right then and there. Um, And then he received a death sentence. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, Carol Ann also managed to have a baby with Bundy. I'm not sure how. What? Okay, no, I, yeah. I've seen Orange is the New Black. I'm not surprised. Okay, fair. <laughs> uh, and it was then that she realized that, hey, maybe Bundy was actually a sick dude and not fit to be a father? 
So she ran away. She took her baby and ran. So it took her having a baby with Bundy for her to be like, hey, maybe, maybe he is guilty and awful and I have his baby now. I don't know. That's okay. Weird. Yeah. So obviously uh, women who fall in love with serial killers intrigue all of us because you're like, why the hell would you fall and then marry those who've been charged with heinous crimes and have been sentenced to death? Um, so in interviewing these women, certain themes arise. Um, so two things that always seem to arise is many believe that their love can transform the convict. So apparently they believe that their love will turn this awful, cruel man into a caring, concerned, and compassionate person. Look, like, even some, like, even guys who aren't serial killers, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. No. Ever. Look, it could be a normal guy, and I promise you, your love is not gonna... Nope. Completely change them. Others have also said that they can see a wounded child nested somewhere inside of the killer that can be healed and brought back through devoted nurture that oh only these women can provide. No. Um, so psychologists also have their own theories of why women fall in love with serial killers. So there's this notion of the perfect boyfriend. So she knows where he is at all times, what he's doing, and she knows that obviously he's thinking about her because what else is he going to do in a jail cell? Uh, These women can also claim that their boyfriends or husbands love them since they don't have to endure the day-to-day issues involved with most relationships. So, like, there's no chores, there's no cooking for him, no cleaning for him, no accountability held on him. Like, it's easy for her. get to see them. I, it's easy for her to say, he loves me, because I go see him in jail and he tells me so, and, like, that's that's that. Yeah. So, like, the longer, I guess, they're locked up, the longer she can keep up this fantasy. And, of course, there's the attention seekers who want to share the spotlight with said serial killer. They might emerge from their anonymity and, in the process, land a book or movie deal, and I guess after that happens, they just ditch said serial killer. Mm-hmm. Which... I mean, as long as you're not marrying them, <laughs> I'd rather you do that. Date them for the fame and then... And then get, get that movie deal in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's at least kind of smart. Yes. Hmm. So, Catherine Ramsland notes in her article that experts regard these women as either incapable of finding love in more normal ways or seeking a relationship that romantically can never be brought to fulfillment. She also brings up the notion of evolution and how, according to evolutionary motive, female primates tended to be more attracted to larger, louder, and more aggressive males. Um, Also, most of the women, like not all, but most women who fall in love with serial killers and end up marrying them are women who are very beautiful, educated, and sometimes married to professional people like Rosalie was. So they'd be married to like lawyers, psychologists, and judges, and then... Mm -hmm. Divorce them oh, for that, a serial killer. Like reminds me of like Harley Quinn and the Joker. Ooh yeah. Because she was a psychologist or something yeah. working with the Joker, and then. Honestly, basically the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, in another article, um, also on Psychology Today called "Why Do Women Fall for Serial Killers" by Leon F. Seltzer, he goes on to explain how most women tend, like, I mean, true for myself. Most women tend to want a kind, empathetic, and understanding boyfriend, right? I mean, As you do. Fair enough. Um, but there's also that narrative of bad boys being attractive, like you see it in pop culture yeah. and 
when you go down the YA section, that's literally all that's there. All of them. Um, the fantasies that seem pl- that seem to play out in these women who fall for serial killers basically has the plot of a, a, ro- ugh, a erotic or romantic novels that basically say that misogyny and jerkdom are only a temporary battle that women have to deal with. So, like, Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I tried reading the book, but I couldn't get really far. I don't think I got halfway. I didn't like it, but... No. I did see the movie, because I'm like, I feel like if I'm gonna talk shit about it, I might as well know what I'm talking shit about. And, yeah, it's basically that whole, oh, he's misogynist and a jerk and an asshole but that's just because he's angsty and has a troubled past but like that'll pass um yeah that's kind of and like it doesn't even have to be in eroticas like it's it's happened over and over right Mm -hmm. Uh, so most of these stories also have this viewpoint that a man's violence and lack of tender feelings is only the beginning of the story and with love affection and dedication he will be transformed into the perfect partner it's also stated in this article that books like this sell more than pornography that's designed to appeal to a male brain so these eroticas and romance novels are selling more than pornography which Mm -hmm. i don't doubt Mm -hmm. um according to leon seltzer this says that while women who fall for serial killers represent a pathological exaggeration of a female's erotic mind many women can't help but be drawn toward cold-blooded controlling bad boys that was a brief psychology of that. Though I found that super interesting. Yeah, totally. Like, that is so true. Like, every YA novel that I read as a kid, it was always, like, the bad boy, and then the girl... I mean, we've written stories falls, with the oh, bad totally. boy. And then the I mean, girl falls and, for him, and then suddenly he's a changed human. Oh, he's sweet and kind like, towards I, her. I get it. I've fallen into that. Some days oh, yeah, I totally. want to read about it. I totally. get it. It is like, but that's only because it shows that he's changed. Yeah. But that doesn't happen. No, that really does not happen. And if it does, it's very rare. And I wouldn't bet my money on it happening like, either. Like, not to say that, like, I don't want to say that your relationship can't change someone more like because you know they always say date someone who brings out the better in you yeah but i don't like you should go into a relationship Mm. thinking that you're going to change yeah no definitely not and it also kind of always puts the blame on the man it's always you changed not me Mm -hmm. which in a relationship you're both gonna have to do some growing and changing Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was wild. And I remember a long time ago when my dad still paid for cable, we watched this documentary on all of these people getting married to people who were on death row and who were serving life sentences. And there was this one girl, I think she was like 19. She was from Texas. And uh, she married this, I'm pretty sure he was on death row. I think he had killed a few people. So I guess, yeah, serial killer. There was this radio station that married them, like, so her husband and then all of his cellmates and stuff were listening to this radio show, hearing him get married. And this was, like, ten years ago. And it's like, he may not have a chance to get out until, like, 2019. So I guess it's here, 2019, if I'm remembering correctly. And I'm like, why would you want to wait that long? Yeah. 
And even then, like, he killed people. Like, there's no guarantee. Like, he's on death row. Yeah. Like, wasn't it, um, what's his name? Charles Manson, like, recently got married and then he died. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, you hear about it all the time. Like, all these guys in prison there. Yeah. Or they're on, like, like, I get, like, somebody who did a petty crime or whatever and gets out of prison. Like, yeah, I've, yeah. I've sadly kind of believe in second chances so (laughs) (laughs) my Um, fatal flaw yeah (laughs) but literally (laughs) um but somebody who is convicted for murder or rape or like violence against a woman like i don't think that that person's ever gonna change no and how would you know that they're not gonna do that to you yeah, exactly that too i mean m- lots of these women were safe because they married a serial killer who was never getting out of prison yeah so they're probably not gonna die by their husband's hands but like the ones who marry people who maybe um didn't get convicted because they didn't have enough proof that this person murdered someone or whatever like you know, sometimes those women end up dead in the end anyway. Or yeah. they didn't know that their husband had killed someone already. Yeah. Or, like, that happens all the time, too. Like, lots of these serial killers had wives when they were killing people. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So scary. I mean, and a lot of times, said wives divorce them like normal human beings. And they go back to them, too. <laughs> there, That is true. <laughs> like, last week. Last week's story was wild. Oh, my God. What? Also, going back to last week's episode, we're talking about weird marriages. Um, when I was doing this research, I just kept thinking about that lady who got married to a ghost and then divorced <laughs> him because their relationship wasn't satisfying. Like, might as well be married to a ghost if you're marrying someone who's on death row. Yeah, right? Like, I looked that up afterwards. So, like, I hope I said that right. And it was, like... Yeah, she divorced him because she said their relationship changed since they were married. Wait, when did they get married? Wasn't this recent? Yeah. Like, wow, you don't even want to put the work in. And, like, it was the ghost of a pirate, and I'm pretty sure she had, like, a picture of Captain Jack Sparrow, like, Johnny Depp's character. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, is this a joke? (laughs) Oh my god. I mean, she got pretty much got fame out of it so mm-hmm. now she gets to write a book i married a ghost Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> yeah there are many people who can do that i married a pirate ghost even better yeah hmm. yeah all right so what do you have mm. today okay so mine's a trip i'm excited mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i was gonna try to find like the story about um a woman marrying a guy and then find a note that he isn't who she thought he was and stuff like that. And I honestly couldn't really find... You should have just made one up. I could have <laughs> easily. Because for some reason in my mind I know a bunch of stories. But I couldn't actually find them. I think I used to watch this like TV show about that or something. There is. It's called uh, I Married a Monster or something. Yeah, something like I, that. Because when I was trying to find a story before I settled on this topic... That's all I kept getting. I think I, and I think I typed in, and I wasn't thinking of the show. I think I also, like, I just typed in, I married a monster. Because I'm like, how else do you? Yeah. And that's all that com- came co- coming up. And then I'd, like, reword it, and it's still, oh, the show. Oh, We'll okay. give it a rewatch. All right. So I definitely probably used to watch that on, like, the Crime Network or whatever. <laughs> like, I wish I could get cable and just get, yeah, like, that. And I think it's called, like, The Investigation Channel. Yeah. 
and TLC. Yeah. Because now that I'm getting married, I gotta watch more Say Yes to the Dress. Yes. I'm gonna go try on dresses tomorrow. Are you gonna say yes? I mean, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like I have tons of money, but, uh, cause... Because I was like, oh, it's it's too early for that. But I was also just thinking. Well, because, you know, like, I got engaged. And, like, the next day we were planning my wedding anyway. Yeah. And then Ian was like, well, why don't you go with, like, a, like a friend or two and just check out the styles and the prices. And then by the time you do go get one, you kind of know what you want. So I was like, yeah, why not? Yeah. So. Also, it'd be fun. Mm-hmm. I agree. It will be. Okay, so, today's story. Um, I have dubbed it Lover in the Attic. I, I heard this story a long time ago. It's, like, my favorite thing ever, but I don't know where I heard it, so I'm sorry if you're a podcast and I heard it on your podcast. <laughs> but it was a really good story, so thanks for sharing it. <laughs> <laughs> I was thoroughly entertained. Yes, it has stuck in my mind, so... Um, yeah, so Walburga Dolly Osterreich, Osterreich, I don't know, was a 33-year-old housewife in the early mid-1900s. Sorry. Early mid-1900s. I don't it's know. Like, it's like I ni- thought you were going to say 19,000s, and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's in the future. <sighs> she was married to a wealthy textile manufacturer Fred William Ostreich, but Dolly lived a secret double life in her very own home. Damn. Dolly grew up in Germany, moving to Wisconsin as a young lady, living the tough farm life until she married Fred, a hard worker who liked to drink with his friends at the bar even harder. (laughs) He wasn't around much at all, and Dolly had needs. We all do, Dolly. (laughs) In 1913, Dolly's sewing machine stopped working, so she called up Fred and told him. Fred sent over one of his workers, a 17-year-old boy named Otto Sandhuber. Sorry, I don't know. There's just something. Because I could just... Okay, this is the 1900s, but I'm imagining her picking up the... Um, hello? My sewing machine isn't working. (laughs) Which is what I would do if I had a sewing machine. But my mom doesn't want to give me hers, so I have to go buy one. Those are not cheap. I know. Anyways. But they are a necessity. I agree. (laughs) Hey, wedding gift. Yes. Oh my god. Okay, so we went... (laughs) Off topic. So we went out for supper with Ian's aunt and his grandma. Yeah, and his cousins and whatever. And then Ian's grandma goes, so what do you guys want as a wedding gift? And in my head, it all happened so fast. I'm like, I have to answer before Ian says something like nothing. So I was like, I want a Dyson. And then they're like, his aunt and his grandma were like, oh, yes, like a Dyson vacuum. And I said, yes. So I, I might be getting a Dyson. I mean, I might. I don't want to get my hopes up. If you're listening, you don't have to get me a Dyson. But We all want a Dyson. I really want a That's Dyson. That's like my dream. Yes. That's when you know you've made it. I've told my mom that many times. If I ever get married, she's got to buy me a Dyson. I told my mom if I'm ever rich, I'd get her a Dyson. <laughs> okay, so she gets Fred to, to send over this young 17-year-old boy, Otto Sandhuber, to fix the machine for Dolly. And from that fateful day, when Otto met the beautiful and alluring Dolly, a fiery love affair blossomed. Damn. Apparently he showed up and she was just dressed in a robe and stockings. Ooh, so, hot. like... 
She planned this. Okay, so he's 17. How old is she, did you say? Uh, I believe she was 33. Ooh. Yeah. Scandalous. Scandalous. In the beginning, Dolly and Otto met in, a sec- in secret at a close-by hotel. Fred, either too busy or too drunk to notice Dolly's activities. So after the secret hotel rendezvous were becoming too burdensome, they moved their affair to Dolly's home in her own bed. But it didn't take long for the neighbors to suspect something. Of course, Ooh. you have a 17-year-old boy coming to your, to your house every day. Like, for, how like, broken a is your sewing machine? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Dolly, you're rich. You should maybe buy a new sewing machine if it's breaking that much. Yeah. I could just suspect that's what her neighbors were thinking, you know. She told them Otto was her vagabond half-brother, but it was becoming too risky for them to see Otto coming around all the time. What if Fred found out? That was when a plan was hatched. Obviously, the best situation would be for Otto to quit his job at Fred's company and move into the home's attic without Fred knowing. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I see no no other course of action. I agree. For the I two. think this was a well thought out decision and I support it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> And that's exactly what happened. Otto stayed in the attic for ten whole years. Ten? <laughs> yeah. So he was 27? <laughs> at the end? What? <laughs> Fuck, the 1900s. All right. Uh, okay. Otto thought it was a good idea, too. This way, he would be near his lover, Dolly, and he would have all the time in the world to read and write. Oh, of course. <laughs> I mean, I guess he wouldn't have to pay rent or anything, so yeah, it's Yeah, it's free. She buys his groceries. Oh, yeah. Okay, fair. He doesn't have to talk to anyone except for her. That's nice. Everyone's I house. mean, like, if I had Wi-Fi, maybe I could do it. Yeah. You know. They didn't have Wi-Fi, though. So yeah. he read books and wrote stories. I mean, I would have done that, too, but I'd have more time to listen to podcasts and watch my Netflix. But Bob's Burgers is not in anymore, so I'm a little, I'm a little pissed. <sighs> okay, so... During the days, he would spend time with Dolly, help around the house, and make gin in the bathtub. Because Ooh. why not? Fred would often ask Dolly about noises that he heard and couldn't explain. He also told her about seeing shadows moving around in the upstairs windows. So, obviously your house is haunted. He never suspected a young man living in his attic. Let alone the man that used to work for him. Who <laughs> he sent over at the... Fix like, Dolly's sewing where, machine. Where does he think he went? Oh, yes. He just disappeared. Yeah. Oh, bye, Otto. Peace out. So this went on for five years without a hitch, but soon enough, Fred decided they need to move from their home in Wisconsin to L.A. in 1918. Damn. So this began in 1913. I don't know if I said that. I totally did. Anyway. So addicts in L.A. were hard to come by, but Dolly found one and sent Otto there ahead of herself and Fred. And I got a little picture. You can see that's their new house in LA. Oh, okay, that's where he lived. Awesome. That that's, little yeah. dinky space. That little rectangle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he was already there when Fred and Dolly came over. Things again went off without a hitch for four more years until one night where Otto could overhear Fred and Dolly fighting. Otto, fearing for his lover's life booked it down to the main level with two pistols in hand. Fuck. Apparently <laughs> he had guns up in the attic, but like... I mean, everyone in the U.S. has guns. You gotta be prepared. <laughs> yeah. It's like a necessity. Even if you live in an attic. Especially if you live in an attic. 
Yeah, you have to have two of them. <laughs> so Fred recognized Otto almost instantly as a seventeen-year-old oh. from his factory nine years before. So he just before. vanished, and he's like, "Oh, hey, what's up?" Like, okay. Yeah. Right. Confused, but catching on, he began to get angrier. This time, coming for Otto, the two men fought, and Fred was shot. He was dead. I mean, I know it's not funny you said, <laughs> but the story. Okay. <laughs> the two, being Dolly and Otto, panicked, knowing that the neighbors would report the report the gunshots to authorities. They didn't have much time, so they quickly hatched the plan, locking Dolly in a wardrobe, and Otto would hide in the attic with the guns and the key. Okay. Yes. This way, Dolly couldn't have been sh- couldn't have been the one to shoot her husband, as she had been locked inside a closet away from her husband. When police found her, she told them of a burglary, how they stole some of their expensive belongings, and they shot her husband before locking her away in the closet. Police were suspicious, but had no proof against her telling of against her telling of that day, so they set her free. When well, the nineteen hundreds, they didn't check the attic. Oh, such idiots! <laughs> Afterwards, the newly wid- widowed Dolly moved again. So, listeners, you may think that her and Otto could live in an open relationship now that Fred was out of the picture. No more hiding in attics. No more secret rendezvous. But oddly enough. That would be wrong. Oh. No. Dolly moved to a new house and put Otto in the attic again. Is it because of their age gap? No. Oh, just because she wanted to? Yeah, she just liked having them in slave sex. That's probably what it is, because she obviously doesn't care about him, like, just live in this rectangle and then come down. No, no, this story doesn't end. There's a lot more to it. Okay, all right, I'm ready. This is a ride. Yes, let's go. Okay. (laughs) If this were a roller coaster, we're at, like, the top right now. Oh, oh, wow. We're Damn, gonna, this gonna, is quite the roller coaster. It's about to get fun, okay? All right, all right. Okay. So, Otto lives in the attic again, and while he was publishing novels, saving for a typewriter to keep writing, Dolly somehow managed to find another lover named Herman S. Shapiro. I just loved his last name, I Shapiro. Mean, Herman S. Shapiro, like, damn, what a name. Herman Shapiro. I like that, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I'm just going to name my kid Shapiro. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Go a little chihuahua and name it Shapiro. I don't know why, I know it's funny. <laughs> oh my god. I'll get one and name it Giuseppe. <laughs> so Herman was also a busy man who couldn't keep up with Dolly's needs, so she decided to add a third lover to the mix, Roy Clum. So, yeah, she's got Otto in the attic, got Shapiro, and then Roy Klum. And then Klum. Klum. Yeah. So Dolly really just used Roy to dispose of one of the pistols used in Fred's murder and convinced the neighbor to bury the other one in his backyard. Suspicious and upset with Dolly ending their relationship, Roy went to police about the pistols and Fred's death as the pistol had been the same used in Fred's murder. The neighbor joined in, giving up the other buried gun, but police failed to link the pistols to the murder since the guns had corroded too much. Uh, so, like, one was thrown into, like, a tar pit and the other one was buried, and apparently they couldn't be placed at the scene? <laughs> I don't know. So while Dolly was away awaiting trial, 
She asked her lover, Herman Shapiro, to buy groceries for her vagabond brother who lived in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, did none of them know? No. They didn't? <laughs> okay. No, they didn't know about Otto, the vagabond okay. brother. That's so funny. Slash sex slave <laughs> who lived in the attic. Um, so Herman bought some groceries to take to this apparent brother in the attic. Um, but when Otto met Herman, it didn't take long for Otto to spill the beans and tell Herman all about, like, the murder and how he's been this, like, enslaved sex toy for Dolly for ten years. (laughs) Damn. It's a long time. Um, but for Herman, uh, he didn't see a sex slave in the attic as a deal breaker in the relationship. Oh, right. So he just told Otto to screw off. <laughs> He's like, get out of here, kid. <laughs> so, and not too long after, he moved in with Dolly. So the charges were dropped against her for a little while, at least. Okay. At the end of their relationship, Shapiro told police all about the evidence he gathered about Fred's death, and Dolly was being charged, along with Otto Sanhuber, who was said to have committed second-degree murder, even though he had been determined as enslaved by Dolly. So, like, the court was like, he was a sex slave, but he still killed Fred, so we're still going to convict him as a murderer. All right. Um, but during this time, Otto had moved to Canada under the name Walter Klein, which is also what he published his like books off, off of, Ooh. or under. He married another woman. Um, he was arrested and convicted, but released after the statute of limitations had expired. So mm. it had been like seven years or something. Okay. So they couldn't um, put him in jail. Dolly also went to trial, but got off scot-free after a hung jury, which means most of the jurors were leading towards acquittal. She lived the remainder of her days in L.A. with a man named Ray Hendrick, whom she dated for 30 years. So she got another guy. Like, was she just a catch? I guess. (laughs) Um, She was married to him for three days until her death in 1961 at 81 years old. All right. So, yeah, the ultimate love affair before the internet made it so easy to have a secret lover hidden away from your own spouse so instead of you know an online lover uh she had him in the attic attic. uh be careful who you're married to and men pay more attention to your wives yeah honestly like you (laughs) fix her goddamn sewing machine (laughs) and don't be a drunk oh my god like most of these stories are about drunk mad or they they're just like the epitome of issues apparently (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah basically that was a good story man i had a time and i loved every second just, of it yeah I, I mean i'm glad Otto escaped and actually married someone yeah i mean dolly was a wreck but she knew what she wanted and she knew yeah. how to get it no respect um i feel bad for Otto because he instead of you know he probably thought they had a chance to be together, but then she's like, no, you're just a sex slave. Get back to your attic. He's like, okay. <laughs> but I'm glad he got out and got to, like, yeah. maybe Let's start a book a club life. where we just read his books. Oh my god, can we? Probably. Let's read his books. Okay. Right. Walter Klein. In Canada, surprisingly. Like, what are his books about? Are they about they being locked like, in an attic, or you know, are they just, well, like, maybe. fiction? They were, like, from romance novels. Oh. Maybe he took uh, his... What's it called? Inspiration. Probably. He probably did. I mean, I'm glad he got to publish his books. Good for you. Yeah, like, when he was up in the attic, Dolly would take them and publish them for him, and then, um, Oh, okay. 
sometimes she gave him money that early, but well, I mean, like when he had to go to nice, LA, she gave him money to go and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, she helped him buy his typewriter. Oh, yeah. that's nice. Um. Yeah, that's that was a great story. That was that was wild. I loved that so yeah. much. <laughs> like she had three lovers at the same time. So like in total, she had like five men because she had Fred, damn, then Roy and well Otto and um, Shapiro, and then the last guy Ray or something. Clum, yeah, no. Oh. Roy Clum. Yeah. The last one was Ray Hendricks or oh, something. Oh, right. Yeah. Wow. But, I mean, she stayed with the last guy for 30 years, so maybe... Well, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe she found the one. took a while. Yeah. You got... Well, what's that Ariana Grande song? Thank you, next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was her life. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, that's all I have for awesome. today. Alright, so before we sign off, I have to give you... So this is from Dead Prairies Productions. Yes. Because they were having a sale. <laughs> well, they were, like, all of the, like, the money they make from profits, they donated to the Swift Current SPCA. Oh, yeah. So I got this sticker for you. I put mine on my laptop. Oh, thank you, Sandy. Yeah, and they were really nice to talk to. And <laughs> so when we got it, they, because, like, I didn't tell them. Like, I gave them my address. I didn't tell them, like, what name to use, so they just put the Woods Podcast. Oh. So, Ian comes in, and he's like, I have, like, I have this letter. And I was like, okay. He's like, but it's not addressed to me, and it's not addressed to you or anyone who lives here. And then I'm like, then why did you bring it in? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's the Woods Podcast, so I wanted to give them a shout-out. Um, if you don't know uh, what they are, they're, uh, they make homemade zombie movies they're based here in saskatchewan they're from swift current saskatchewan which is uh where ian's from so it's about three Mm -hmm. hours away so thank you so much and and they donate to their local spca yeah which save the dogs save the cats yeah so awesome work uh please go check them out they're on facebook and instagram i'm not sure if they're on twitter but they probably are yeah send them a message they're really they're really nice they're really Mm -hmm. cool yeah, what an eventful uh, pod we just recorded. I think so. That was fun. Also, maybe it's because I got three hours of sleep that I found your whole story hilarious. <laughs> You've been laughing at everything today. I know. <laughs> there was a stupid, like, Snapchat screenshot I sent to the group of that lady trying to smile. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, so. I'm so um, tired. Yeah, take this episode as a heat of warning <laughs> for your future marriage Sandy. oh my god make sure you know the man you're about to marry i'm sure yeah. you know fine, after but... sylvia angela and i went to go see get out ian was like i'm gonna get my gun license oh my god and if you haven't seen get out please go see it but angela and sylvia were like is this gonna be a get out situation I and i was like please don't kill me <laughs> uh, he would have done it by now it's been three years yeah true is that all for today? That is all for awesome. today. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at The Woods Podcast. Yeah, follow us on Twitter at Woods Podcast. And please send us an email. <laughs> the Woods Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, check out our blog, thewoodspodcast.home.blog. And shout out, as usual, to our wonderful uh, opening theme. <laughs> Running Waters, performed by Jason Shaw.
Yeah. Thanks, Jason. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Bye. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. (laughs)